Hello there. My name is Michael Brady, and I am part of Partners for Karmic Freedom. And I am here today. It's um, April 3rd of 2023, uh, and this is uh, Michael's Mission Podcast number five, I believe, number five. Uh, And um, I can be reached at... uh, karmicfreedom.com, our website, my website, and um, karmicfreedom at gmail.com, email, and 802-323-6880 is my iPhone, and I can be texted and called and all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, and um, I want to talk about something today that, that, that came up. This is a reflective podcast, uh, more than a, I try to catch everybody up kind of podcast. Um, I had a, a, a client session uh, recently with someone I've worked with um, off and on for years, on and then off and then on again over the last 20 years. And we're in like round two. And um, what happened was in the middle of the session, I said something about him needing to rescue himself. And in hypnosis, I call this a power word. Uh, I listen when I, when I work hypnotically with people for what they say to me so that I can pull up the words, the vocabulary that has the meaning really attached to their, their feelings, their, their whole being. Um, and those are power words. Those are the words by which we create in this world. And um, I said to him along the way in the counseling time we spent together, um, well, you, you, need to re- you need to rescue yourself. That's what you need to do. And I said that in passing in, in the context of something else I was aiming at, talking to him about at the time. And it had this, Effect it. It was like it rang a bell tone in him. You know those. The uh, a bell tone is a perfectly divided sound wave. The dong 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 sound wave that goes out and out and out and out and out and out. Well, that's what this was energetically and emotionally and spiritually for him. It was like a bell wave went off in him, and he came back a week later and brought this back to me. Said, you know, when you said I needed to rescue myself. Yada, yada, yada. He, he had this profound statement about how it had affected him that day, and it started changing everything he was doing. Um, and at the same time, around the same time over these last few weeks, I caught a song. Uh, I was on Spotify. I, I was doing a walk, and I was playing a Spotify um, channel, I guess they call it, or a playlist, something I didn't know what all the stuff was in, but I picked, you know, for the walk. And there was this song by Mary Guthier, G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. If, if you're not French-based, you might not know how to spell that just hearing me say Guthier, because I didn't in my life. Um, and she wrote a song and performed a song. It's, it's called Mercy Now, Mercy Now. She's a country and western songwriter, singer, performer. I I had to look her up. I hadn't heard of her before. 
this song really profound me, profoundly affected me when I heard it. And it looped back around with the rescue thing that I started off talking about. And I'll get back to that at the end of this. Um, so I was compelled to look up the word mercy. Mercy now is the phrase in the song and it's the title of the song. And mercy is an interesting word. Uh, its definition is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone when it is within one's power to punish or harm them. Another alternative definition is compassion or kindly forbearance shown toward an offender or enemy or or other person in one's power. Well, mercy is a lot like what happens when two conflicting parties, historically, um, warriors uh, who had troops behind them would fight. And in the middle of the fighting, in the lull, if everyone wasn't dead, the two leaders would often meet in the middle of the field, large or small, it didn't matter. Could be individuals too, you fight with each other, you knock somebody down, you both get knocked down, you get up. At some point, you get tired, you stop, You, I, I catch your breath. Maybe you start talking again instead of fighting, right? Well, the leaders would meet in the middle of the battlefield and they would agree to not continue fighting until they'd killed everybody on one side, okay? So they called the truce or an end to the conflict or the war. And what they would do is bury the hatchet. So today we have, well, let's bury the hatchet over that issue. Because literally what they would do is take their weapon of destruction out of their belt and dig a hole, and they would both put their hatchets in the hole and and cover it over as a symbol of the end of that conflict so that both parties could go home and there would be no further violence or conflict or animosity toward each other. Well, mercy's like that, isn't it? We're granting mercy uh, to someone. It's like bearing the hatchet. Well, I started to think about all that, and I came back to my client, and his story is just that that was such a powerful word for him to rescue himself because it had to do with having mercy for himself, is that he was a rescuer all his life. And not until this day, after 20 years and uh, with like eight or nine years in between, the first time we worked together and this time that we're working together, I'm working with him as a coach, did this word ever come up? And uh, it had this magical power word effect on him. He was um, a caretaker to his mother more than his mother was a caretaker to him. And his mother was um, not in a, not in a good, happy marriage with his father. Um, his mother was dominant and controlling, and she was also scared and paranoid about being in the world at the same time, which is a a very unpleasant mixture for somebody to live in. Um, so she spent a lot of time hiding from the world. And on the other hand, she spent a lot of time disparaging his father and men in general while she's raising her boy, 
her son. Imagine the conflict and the confusion that generates in a little kid. And he responded to that by always trying to take care of her, to be with her, to accommodate her, to please her. And of course, she wasn't easy to please. And she always had a little tisk tisk on the end of things. Uh, and that became a template for his life. He was always trying to rescue the people around him and at his own expense very often uh, in, in denial that he needed anything or, or if he was in need or trouble that uh, he, would, he, he would own that and allow um, other people to help him. Uh, so he became very independent on that sense. Uh, and he experienced lots of depression in his life, and uh, he's, he, he developed a hermit-like lifestyle along the way. Uh, and he's been lonely and miserable a lot of his life. And then we hit this word rescue. And all of a sudden, in the last two weeks, something inside of him is turning, like a turning point. And I didn't even catch this at the time. I mean, I used the word rescue came out of me as a creative act in the, in, in the transaction, in the, in the conversation I was having with him, trying to be helpful to him, um, along the way to some other point I was trying to make with him. And he brought it back to me the following week uh, and said, when you said that to me, bonk. And everything started changing, and this is what happened. This is what I did this past week. So we started talking about that more, and in in the follow up session, I'm referring to. And what it really boiled down to was that rescuing himself meant that he was finally going to start forgiving himself for whatever, for whatever he felt guilty for, and. A part of what goes with that is that it also he was a a grudge holder. It was very hard for him in his life to let go of feeling frustrated, angry about people being such and such. It didn't matter what, uh, stubborn or not kind or, you know, anything. Okay. He, he could stew in anger for a long time in silence about stuff, about experiences with other people, that kind of thing. And of course, he would always turn it in on himself. He didn't really often talk too much uh, until we started to do the uh, growth work or the uncovering work that I'm in with him. About his anger, he talked about his depression, about feeling inadequate, about feeling stuck, about feeling hopeless, about feeling lonely, those kinds of things. Well, as we dug into the depression, then one way to experience the depression is anger turned in, which is not the only way, but that's it's a primary way that a lot of people do. We started unwinding the, his depression. It led to uncapping, digging up, peeling the, down the onion to his anger. And we've gotten to uh, the grudge energy in him, that there are things he never forgets. He didn't forget from 25 years ago or 15 years ago or 10 years ago or last month or last year. 
that happened to him. And he carries that around in his, in his gut, that irritation, that frustration, uh, which is mad, right? Out of glad, mad, sad, scared, and ashamed, five major categories of feeling in my model of life. He falls in the mad category. And that means he's been carrying around grudges. Well, what we unwound together is that he's never put himself first in anything in his life. He's always put someone else, everyone else, first in his life. And he never gets around to himself. So when I said he needed to rescue himself, I needed. I was really hitting the theme of he needed to grant mercy to himself. And that's where that correlation came in for me in my mind when I heard Mary's song. And what that really means is that he's finally letting go. He's deciding to let go of the grudge, the grudge energy. And, you know, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping somebody else dies. Doesn't work, does it? Uh, Just kills us in the end, eats holes in our body, creates disease, dis-ease in our bodies sooner or later and affects our health and our life in the long term. He started. He's starting to let go of a lifetime of accumulated grudge holding, anger. And, you know, his anger deepest at the deepest level is at his mom because she failed to be an adequate mother. She didn't nurture him. She used him more than not. She fed him. She clothed him. But emotionally, she didn't nurture her child. He, he was supposed to do something for her in nurturance, and that's backwards. Uh, but he couldn't see that because we're all, as children, each lifetime, we're all programmed, God programmed in this way, if you will, to uh, never question our parents, especially in primary childhood, birth to seven, when we're little kids. Our parents are perfect. They're gods. They're our God, really. And we never question whatever we get from them. And on that level, even as an adult, it was very difficult, and he and and it wouldn't stick to his wall. He couldn't really uh, abide in him in a permanent way that his mother wasn't okay, whatever that's supposed to mean for a person. Um, and somehow this risk, this rescue phraseology, rescue yourself, brought him out of the the space where he was uh, lost in, always seeing th- th- this issue, this process I'm talking about, through the, the other person first and then back to himself. But, but by the time he gets back to himself, he's lost himself again. You see how that works. Well, somehow or the other, when I told him to rescue himself, it was like somebody gave him permission finally to look just through his own lens and not at himself through somebody else's lens first. And it's made all the difference for him. It's a turning point. And he's beginning to unwind and peel down and let go of and resolve and forgive, forgive, because that's what bearing the hatchet is, forgiving something, forgiving all these other projections, other people in his life, all the way back to his mother. And if he can do that for other people, now he's finally going to do it for himself. Or is it the other way around? When you do it for yourself, then you could do it for other people. Hmm, I wonder how that's supposed to work. 
you know what? After it's in process, it doesn't matter, and we're all in process anyway, as in I'm, even as I'm saying this. So it works both ways. It, you can start on either end, and one end is supposed to lead to the other end. It forms a balance, a whole thing, self and other, other and self. And he's in that process now, finally, after all these years. And I am blown away with uh, all unhappiness for him that he, that um, that um, he's going to move in a in a direction uh, that he's never accomplished before, and his life is going to get better, and he's going to feel better about himself. Well, the point of that is is that do you carry any unresolved angers around in your life? You hold in any grudges as you go through your years with people in the past that may may or may not still be in your present? And do you know that all of that's a projection? A projection is something that we're unaware of for ourselves, in ourselves, about ourselves, that we see and experience out there on the other side in other people. And they're usually, and they're, of course, there are always things we don't like in those people, right? Which means that they're reflections of what we don't like in ourselves, either present or past. And a lot of this has to do with past, the reflections of ourselves. Um, and what we really need to be doing is granting mercy to ourselves. We need to rescue ourselves. The idea that you're rescued by somebody else means that you have to be a child. If you're an adult and you rescue a person, then then you can do that. I mean, a child rescues, an adult rescues a child, right? In the order of things here. Well, if you're rescuing yourself, you gotta also step into feeling, owning yourself as a grown-up, not as a child. And... That's something we all need to be doing is taking responsibility for ourselves, which is a definition of adulthood and not a definition of childhood, that's for sure, or childness, and rescuing ourselves and granting ourselves mercy and along the way granting mercy, forgiveness, same word, a a different word, the same process, to other people and to ultimately ourselves, or first ourselves and then other people. You pick the order of operations. That's what's up. All the anger and the fear and emotion and extremism that's going on in our world today is really about this process, and it really needs to come back to us as individuals. You can't make anybody else do anything except yourself. And this really isn't a make. This was a discovery. This was a aha This was a magical moment of transformation. It wasn't effortful. It was effortless. It just showed up and surprised him and set him free and turned his course in a different direction from the inside out. I thought this was worth talking about and sharing. And the song that I talked about, Mary Guthier's song, I want to play that to close this today so you can all hear it. Um, And I have it available to play. So this is Michael Brady. This is Michael's Mission, uh, podcast number five. uh, And it's a reflective podcast. 
about guilt and anger and grudges and forgiveness and mercy. And here is Mary Guthier singing and playing Mercy Now. People in power, they'll do anything. 
This is Partners for Comic Freedom, this is Michael's Mission, and this is Michael Brady. Have a good day.